Hello and welcome to the Greenhouse Church Podcast. My name is Benj Gould and I'm the lead pastor. We are all about creating an environment where anyone can follow the way of Jesus. So we hope that this teaching helps you on your way. Good morning. Nice to see you. You made it even though there was rain outside. I'm proud of you. Spirit, we just welcome you in this place. And we come again, our various journeys, our various weeks, our various experiences of you. We come again in this room together as a little collective, a gathering of people, and we ask that you would meet us. God, I ask that you would take these words that I speak and you would make something of them. Spirit, that you would use them as you would. We create space again here for you. As we open up your scriptures, God, I pray that they would come alive in our hearts. May we hear a word from you this morning. And everyone said, amen, amen. Amen. Welcome. It's good to have you here. All right. In a former life, some of you won't know this about me, I was a worship leader. Very impressive, I know. Everyone's very impressed right now. And... uh, I always thought, I went to Bible college, I never intended to be a pastor. I would, I would, if you told me back then that I would like have to get up every week almost and speak for 25 minutes or 20 minutes and then other events and different things, I would have ran the other direction. I hated public speaking. I was timid all through high school. I remember in Bible college, um, I had to get up in front of like 20 people and do a little talk like as part of a class, and I just didn't show up. <laughs> I just didn't go. Because <laughs> um, I was just so scared. I was so scared. I would, you'd get me, you know, with a guitar and a microphone, and I'd be fine, you know. But speaking in front of people was just like not my thing. Never wanted to do it. Never intended to do it. And then I got a job as a pastor. It turns out part of, like, the, the role description of a pastor is actually to speak on a regular basis. And it was really interesting because, like, something just clicked in me. I wasn't very good at it, but like something like there was just like a little grace that God put on me. And it's for that reason that that experience, like like that, like just automatic shift in me that it just became a little bit more natural to me that I really believe in spiritual gifts. And we're going to talk about spiritual gifts this morning. Um, But, you know, we've been looking in this series, Ghosts, looking at the Holy Spirit. And I really believe this is a an important season for our church as we look at the theology and practice of the Spirit at work in our lives. In the first week, I talked about that we were always meant to be Spirit people. We traced the theme all through the Bible from Genesis up to Acts and the, and the letters of Paul. And then uh, Charlie spoke, and he spoke about the devil and the demonic, uh, which was a really great talk. If you've missed any of this, you can catch up on the podcast. Um, and his, his main point was that the way that the, the devil works in our lives, the main way is through lies. The scriptures call him the father of lies, that there are lies that we believe about ourselves and about our world that want to sidetrack us. 
want to bend us off shape. And then last week we had um, Jono Ives come from the Northern Beaches, and um, he, talked about, he talked about being naturally supernatural, that the natural and the supernatural are interconnected and always working alongside one another. Um, you know, the last couple of weeks we've been, we've been praying for people, and it's been really, really powerful. Um, and I, I am deeply committed to what the Spirit of God wants to do in our community in this time, in this place. And one of the key things that we've been looking at is that Jesus was like the prototype of what it looks like to follow the way of Jesus. To be a Jesus follower means to be filled with the Spirit. Jesus was a human who gave up his divine privilege. And the way he actually enacted all the miracles and the teaching in the world was by being filled so incredibly and intimately by the Spirit of God. And it's not just to be some far-off thing that like Jesus did all this great stuff. The church is meant to do the Jesus stuff as well that we are meant to be connected and in step with the Holy Spirit as a community of believers. We're going to talk about spiritual gifts this morning. If you want an alternate title, if you're taking notes, you can write X-Men or the Postie. X-Men or the Postie. Now, while I believe strongly in spiritual gifts, um, I believe that I have been getting things wrong. I've been thinking about spiritual gifts wrong. I've been teaching about spiritual gifts wrong uh, for most of my life. And my theology around this is changing a little bit. Um, Often what people will say, and this is kind of the last 60 years in church history that people have been saying this in the Protestant tradition, that if you're a follower of Jesus, you get a gift. You get a spiritual gift. You get some sort of special ability. Um, If you're lucky or extra spiritual, you might get more than one. And then you can do a, like a, a survey, like many of you would have done this. I, I probably would have taken you through this. And there's like a list of like 20 like superpowers that you can have. And some of the superpowers are really awesome, like the gift of miracles and healing. And then some of them are like serving, like you, you can stack chairs and that. Um, or at, I mean, we took Ad, Addie through and her top one was administration. And so we started calling her Addie Min. Um, and there's been this subtle thing. It's always, you never talk about it, but like, there's some cool gifts and there's some, like, you know, average gifts. Um, but that list of, there's about 20 things that you would find on a, on a spiritual gifts survey. They come from three different passages. Ephesians 4, Romans 12, and 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians 12 this morning. Um, and what they'll do is they take, like, those different gifts, they're all lists of like different gifts, there are a few crossovers, um, compile them in a list, get some questions on there, you spit out what your superpower is, and then you go from there. Um, but the really interesting thing is that uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, which we're going to look at this morning, you can open your Bibles there if you want, there's some Bibles in front of you, if you don't have a Bible, you can take the Bible in front of your home if you like. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, there's a word there that gets translated as spiritual gifts. Um, but the, like, the word spiritual gifts is never in the Bible. We just translate it that because of tradition. The actual word is pneumaticon. You want to say pneumaticon? It's good. That was good, Vince. Impressive. Weird flex, yeah. Um, pneumaticon or pneumaticos. Pneuma is the word for spirit. Um, and so... The best translation of that is like not spiritual gifts, but spiritual things or spirituals or the stuff the Spirit does. That's my favorite translation. 
the stuff the Spirit does. Now, that word is only found in the 1 Corinthians 12 passage of gifts. In Romans 12, there's just a word, a Greek word, charis, which means gift or grace. And they, that is a list of like things that you would say, you know how you say someone's gifted, like they're a gifted soccer player or a gifted musician? Um, it's, got, it's, it's more along those lines. It's the things like leadership, kindness, administration, generosity, serving, pe- things that are, people are like naturally gifted at. So that's like the list in Romans 12. Then there's Ephesians 4. Are you tracking with me? The three things. Romans 12, natural gifts. Ephesians 4 are the leadership positions needed in the church, so the leadership styles, the, the types of leaders that we find in the church, the apostles who take us forward, the prophets who always bring us back to God, what, what, is, what is God saying right now in this moment, the evangelists who take us out to where people need to hear the message of, of God, the story and the good news of Jesus, the shepherds who bring us in and build community and care more about our soul health, and the teachers who keep us grounded in scripture and tradition. They're the the types of leaders needed in the church. And then we get to uh, 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. And this is the list of pneumaticos, spiritual things, the stuff the Spirit does. These are what some people might call the manifestations of the Spirit. When the Spirit turns turns up, this is the sort of stuff we can expect to happen. Of course, the Spirit works through our natural giftings. The Spirit works through leaders. The Spirit works in all sorts of ways, but the spiritual gifts in Numaticos are this list of nine things we find in 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to read it if you want to read it with me. Now, dear brothers and sisters, I'm starting in verse 1. Regarding your question about your special abilities or pneumaticon, that the Spirit gives us. I, want, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshipping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The first thing is saying that when you have the Holy Spirit, He enables you to be in the kingship of Jesus. He enables you to be in the kingdom of God. He enables you to submit your life to Jesus, to say, Jesus is Lord. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. There are different ways a Spirit is at work, but it's the same Spirit, basically what he's saying. A spiritual gift, a pneumaticos, is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives someone the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another Spirit. Still, Another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He he alone decides which pneumaticos each person should have. So when we look at these gifts, I think we should think about them less like an X-Man, that you have like the, the superpower of doing miracles or speaking in tongues or prophesying, and more like the postie. 
Now, when we first launched our church, um, we got to the point where we had enough money to like buy equipment, like a lot of the equipment you see, the TVs and the um, the speakers and the sound gear and the kids stuff and um, all sorts of stuff that we were buying, getting ready to launch in the pub. And um, over like two weeks, we ordered all at once, the same delivery guy would come like every day and drop off like 60 kilos of stuff on my front door. And so we got to know each other like decently well. And he's like, what is all this for? And I was like, well, we're starting a church. And he's like, that's weird. I said, yes. And he said, like, what, 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 what do you need all this stuff for? He's like, oh, well, like, most of it is for the band that plays. He's like, oh, you've got a band? I was like, well, yes, sort of. Um, and then months after, he doesn't do our, our route anymore, but he would always ask me, how's the band going? And I'm like, yeah, good, mate. The band's going good. But I think we should think about the gifts of God more like a package than something you possess, more like the postie than an X-Men. And so this guy, he was delivering packages to us. He didn't decide what packages were coming. He didn't decide where they were going or what day they were coming. He was just the delivery guy. And when it comes to this list of nine gifts, the manifestation of the Spirit, we should think about them more like a parcel than something we possess. We, we use that word gift in two different ways, right? We say someone's gifted, like Jeremy is a gifted guitar player. He just like, he doesn't even, can't even read music, but he just like, it's, it's annoying, and he just plays something beautiful, and he doesn't even know what he's doing. He's just gifted. That's like something that he possesses, right? But then there is a gift that we give, something that we give away, something, a parcel that we give to someone else. And when it comes to these nine kind of manifestations of the Spirit, I think that's a better way to think about it. They are packages to deliver, that we don't decide when they, when they happen. We don't decide where they go to. In, in line with the Spirit, He might want to give a word of knowledge through us. He might want to give, uh, He might, might want us to pray for healing for someone. We don't decide where or when. You can't own the gift of healing. You can't own words of knowledge. You can't own prophecy. And I think that's where we've got in trouble as churches over time when we say that person is a prophet and everything they say that comes out of their mouth is a prophecy from God. And then that gets all sort of whacked up, right? We can't control when a word of knowledge comes out. We just have to be in step with the Spirit, right? So you can't possess it. It is a package to give. We are conduits of the Spirit of God. And it's always for others. Using through us, except for tongues, through us, for other people, and it's almost always done in community. Straight after this list of gifts, Paul talks about being part of the body of Christ. The same thing happens in Romans 12. Straight after the list of gifts, he talks about being part of the connected body. It's not just about you. It's not about superstars. It's not about, like, I've got all these special abilities. It's about the body of God, the community of Jesus. The kingdom of God always moves relationally. So, the nine things. Are you, are you keeping up? Good? Good? You're awake on a rainy mid, mid-Sunday morning after a, after a heavy day of voting yesterday? We went to buy a sausage after we voted, and then the machine wouldn't work. They're like FPOS machines, so we didn't get a good democracy sausage. So. That's why I'm feeling a bit tired today. <laughs> the nine things, nine things the Spirit does. There's a, the first one is 
uh, wise advice. I don't know if you've ever had someone say something to you that just like, sort of like clicked in and made sense. Like someone gave you a piece of advice and it was like, maybe not even like a, a really spiritual moment, but it was just something that like altered the direction and the decision you were making. I remember years ago, I was speaking with a friend. Um, his name was Aaron. He was a pastor at Hope You See in Gosford. And we had met, surprisingly, in Birmingham in Alabama at a church planting conference. We both knew we were planting churches, but then we both ended up working at other churches on the coast. He's in Seattle now planting a church. But he told me years, years before we ended up planting a church in Long Jetty, he told me, do you know where it would be a great place to have a Sunday gathering? The Long Jetty Hotel. I was like, what? I didn't even know the Long Jetty Hotel existed. Um, and it was that little piece of like, you know, like wise advice that over time actually just really made sense for us. And it was that conversation that, that caused me to keep asking because <laughs> they kept saying no or not answering me. And then we ended up getting the venue for free as well. It's just like this wise advice that sort of altered the direction of, of what we did. The second one is words of knowledge. Words of knowledge. These are things that, you know, you might get a sense or an image or a word dropped into your, your, your thought about someone or about a situation that you wouldn't know in any other circumstance. You couldn't find it on Facebook or you couldn't Google it about someone, about something that's happening in someone's life. A word of knowledge, just something that like drops into you. A, a couple of weeks ago, Charlie was here and he was praying at the end. And a few of you would have been here and he talked about, he's like, I've just got this like sense that there are people struggling with an un unnatural fear of death, right? And there was just like so many people that responded. That is a word of knowledge. There's like something specific that just like you wouldn't know. Like you wouldn't know that like, oh, that person's struggling with an unnatural fear of death. Like it's just this underneath thing that became a word of knowledge that became a beautiful moment for prayer for people. The third one is great faith. This is the ability to just like believe that something will happen. God will give you the gift of great faith for something to come to pass. Just like a, a, a deep knowing that that's going to happen. A deep faith just to keep going. I know for, our, for us, you know, most church plants fail. Um, and, but Mel and I just had this like deep sense that no matter what happens, like the church is going to be okay when we started planting the church. It's a deep faith. Like we weren't anxious about like things falling apart. Um, just a deep faith for something. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. The fourth gift. Are you still here? Good. The fourth gift is the gift of healing. That God may want to bring healing to someone through you, either physical or emotional or spiritual or relationally. We were praying for someone just the other day. And as we were praying, she had blurry vision. We weren't even praying for that, but her vision cleared up. It was like just a couple of weeks ago. God still heals. I really believe that. I really believe that God heals today. And that is a, not a gift to possess, but a package to deliver at the right time. It's not up to us. It's up to God. The fifth one is miracles. We see miracles all through the Bible. Moses parting the Red Sea. We see Elijah. You know that story where um, Elijah is with a widow and she doesn't have any food left and they're pouring out oil and as many jars as she has, like the, the oil just keeps coming. That is a miracle. Jesus does miracles all the time, right? He's walking on water, feeding the 5,000. There's things that just couldn't happen in any other way. Number six 
is prophecy. Prophecy is a word, an image, a scripture, something that God drops into you that you just have to speak out. Different to a word of knowledge because it's not like about us necessarily about a specific person or about something you wouldn't know, but you might get an image of something in the Bible or a story or a picture or a color or whatever it, whatever it is, something that God drops into you. I, I remember, you know, in Bible college, every so often people would come in chapel. Chapel was like a, a, a church service, but like in the middle of the week for college students. And people would come sometimes, like guest people, and they would like stand on the stage and they would prophesy, they would speak out prophecies, sometimes over like lots of people, sometimes over specific people. And we used to joke about like wearing prophecy shirts. Like if you wore like a, a, a bright colored shirt, then maybe you'd get picked out. And this happened, like, this happened all the time. I think it's like some psychology thing. And like, that's why people like freak out about it a little bit. I used to have, you know, I had a friend, Pappas, who would stand next to me. And he had like this big afro at the time. And so he would always get picked. I'd be standing next to Pappas and there's always a, a word for Pappas. And then I'd stand next to my other friend, Matthews. He was like 6'5 and he's a black man. And so like when you're looking over a crowd, he just like stands out. And so he would always get a prophecy as well. But um, I believe that prophecy is actually an incredible, incredibly important mode for the church right now. Paul goes on, we're going to talk about it in a couple of weeks, but he says, like, this is the most important gift for church gatherings. He talks about, like, speaking in tongues. He's like, no more than three people should speak in tongues in a church service. He says, but no less than three prophecies should be given. He expects that every time you meet, there should be, like, some sort of prophecy going on. We'd love to lean, lean into this more as a church. We're going to talk about that in a couple of, of weeks. Number seven is discernment or the, the distinguishing between spirits. To know within you whether something is of God or something is of the enemy. Whether this is a Jesus thing or this is something else. Again, we're praying just a couple of weeks ago there was a few of us praying um, for this beautiful lady, and um, she was saying to us that um, God doesn't want me to pray to Jesus anymore. He wants me to pray to the Spirit, because I've been scared of the Spirit. It's like this like, beautifully innocent thing. Um, and there was a couple of us praying, and we just all looked each, at each other, and it just like, knew in our hearts that like, that was not right. That wasn't of God. And so we were, say, we were able to say to her that God would never take the name of Jesus away from you. And we're able to pray into that and, like, unfurl that lie that the enemy was using. A, 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 a word of discernment, something that distinguishes between a Jesus thing and a non-Jesus thing. The last two are tongues and the interpretation of tongues. Now, we're going to speak about this in a couple of weeks as well. Tongues is a, a better translation for that. That's such a word, weird word, speaking in tongues. A better translation is just other languages, a language that you don't know yourself. We see this all through the book of Acts. We're going to explore that and then the interpretation of those languages. So they're the nine things that the Spirit does, the nine manifestations. When the Spirit is at work, these are some of the things that we can expect Him to do. And I believe that the Spirit can use any follower of Jesus at any time with any of these nine things. There are not super-Christians who can like access these more. It's all about us just being open to what the Spirit is doing. We don't decide who gets a word of knowledge. We don't decide who gets healing. It's above our pay grade. It's what the Spirit's doing. 
that we need to be open to the parcel that he wants to, to, to give to someone else through us. Again, the kingdom of God moves relationally. It moves between us. There's something beautiful about the body of Christ that we are actually able to and, and should be giving each other spiritual parcels all the time. Asking, is there something you want to do here, Jesus? Is there something you want to do through me, Jesus? We are, again, a postie more than we are Wolverine. We can't possess these things. We are a conduit of these things. Is that good? Well, I think it would be just good for us to stand. And just like we have been the last couple of weeks, just going to have a moment of silence. And if, if you would, let me close your eyes and put your hands out in front of you if you're, if you're open to that. It's just nothing magical about it. It's just a sign of being open. We're going to pray that ancient prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. And I wonder as we sit here and we pray, we stand here just in silence, whether there is a package that the Spirit of God might want to deliver to someone else through you. Maybe it's Jesus has just given you a great sense of faith for something within our church or with someone else in our community. Maybe it's a sense to pray for healing for someone. Maybe it's a sense of a word of knowledge. There's something that like you just didn't know before, but you feel like you know. And it's, it's important just to approach these things with curiosity. We're all learning. We're all practicing. No one is a Jedi master at these things. We're not Wolverine. We're a postie. We're just trying to get the package to the right place. Sometimes we make mistakes. That's fine. Maybe there's a prophecy, like a, a, a Bible story that's coming to your mind, or a picture, or a word. We just pray right now, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit.